Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's another episode of Ears Up In Depth, where we dive deep into the news to get you the grime and the grit and the gristle. We're here to dissect the gristle of the, of the Disney news sphere or something like that. Mainly, it's just a couple cool stories that we run across during the, uh, during the week. But uh, this is the place to talk about them, to do a little research, and to hopefully leave you more enlightened and entertained. Not necessarily in that order, but, you know, whatever you want to do. With me, as always, is Jeremy from SpectralRadio.us. Jeremy, hi. Hi. Maybe we should change the name to JPEX Gristle. <laughs> I don't think the man has an ounce of gristle on him. Oh, you think it's pretty uh, svelte? Well, no, I just think it's softer meat than gristle, but, you know. Oh, I thought gristle was, like, the fat. No, it's like it's like the sinew and like the tough, yeah. Oh yeah, no, you know, no, that's not good. That's like, okay. yeah, no. Uh, anyway, we have a good show for you guys today. We have um, you know several news stories to talk about. A lot of cool stuff happening in the Disney news world. Jeremy, why don't you start us off, man? You got a couple, you got something to say? Yes, he doesn't want to be cast just because he's short. But other little people have offered a stinging retort. <laughs> This is a follow-up to your story from the last episode of In-Depth that we did. Peter Dinklage, just to refresh everyone's memory, the Emmy-winning actor, who is also happens to be a little person, made headlines at the end of January when he appeared on the Mark Maron podcast and derided Disney for its upcoming remake of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. He, uh, if you remember, he said on the show, quote, they were very proud to cast a Latino actress as Snow White, but you're still telling the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Take a step back and look at what you're doing there. It makes no sense to me. You're progressive in one way, but you're still making that effing backward story about seven dwarfs living in a cave together. Have I done nothing to advance the cause from my soapbox? So that's going to come up a little later because he sort of made the statement that like he's been this big advocate of little people. Okay all along well in response to dinklage's comments disney announced it would change the the i don't know why i said it would change that it would change the characters to magical creatures rather than having them be little people and they're going to use cgi Hmm. well that's that was sort of their response to when his his statement and that's what the trouble started 
other little people actors quickly began publicly raising their voices against Dinklage's comments, with many claiming he doesn't have a right to speak on behalf of the entire little people community. Little Women LA star and producer Tara Jolay said that while she appreciates Dinklage speaking out, his power and privilege also create adverse effects. She said some members of her family auditioned for the Disney film and that with his condemnation, Disney made Dinklage the sole arbiter of the topic. And of course, now their their, uh, auditions are moot because Disney's going to make them out of CGI. They're not going (laughs) to use people. Little People community journalist and documentarian Kara Reedy was more blunt in her assessment. Quote, he's no dwarf hero. He does not talk about it. He's talked about it twice. He pretends like it doesn't exist, but he has not assisted. Um, An actor and professional wrestler Dylan Hornswoggle Postal said, quote, he wants to be progressive. Do you know who that is, by the way? I have no idea. I've heard of the name Hornswoggle. I feel like it's a piratey term. Is it? Yeah, it's like, it sort of feels like it's a, in the name the the realm of swashbuckle. Yeah, or it's something like Yosemite Sam has probably said a few times. Okay, yeah, that's that's the vibe I get, but I have no idea. I'm speaking out of turn. Well, he goes by Hornswoggle. Okay. Uh, he said <laughs> he said quote he wants to be progressive, and it's all about progression, and I support that completely. But the issue is him being progressive is eliminating seven potential dream jobs from the dwarf acting community. He went on to say, who put this guy in charge and why is he the single voice for like a whole community? Hornswoggle, who was a WWE superstar for 10 years, said that he was able to live his dream as a pro wrestler because the industry was specifically seeking out a little person such Mm. as himself. He added that Disney's new live action film would enable seven other dwarf actors to live their dreams as well. So the little people community is coming out against this, but this is not the first time that the Snow White franchise has been the target of criticism. In 2012, Universal released a retelling of the story titled Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, I saw that. Which, oh, it was it was horrible. Did you think? Um, I thought it was okay. I, I had thought a it was really fine. tough time. Yeah. Anyhow, this time the criticism came from the film's use of regular heighted people but use CGI to shrink them. Did they really? Wow. I guess I don't remember Which, that. That seems like it's the bad side of both coins, if that's even a phrase, because there you're, you are still perpetuating the, the, the idea of dwarves, but you don't even give them the opportunity to play it. It's like, it seems yeah. like it's a double whammy against them in that situation. It, it, it seems to me that the, the fix is just to take off and the seven dwarves and just call it Snow White. So you can still have little people, because that's how the story was written. And there you go. Well, as a Disney fan, I think that the solution is to stop remaking old movies. Well, yes. And let them be. Like, how about, no one, no Disney fan is sitting around going, yay, another remake. Like, they don't <laughs> seem to be particularly, well, at least critically successful. I mean, I think Cinderella was okay, but a lot of them seem to be uh, not so great. Well, I th- I think they make enough money at the box office to warrant this thing right. being rehashed over and over again. And my theory is it's because there's more people in the world. You you have a growing audience that's already tied into the Disney franchise anyways that are going to see a movie like this just because. Not necessarily because they want to or they're looking forward to it, but it's like, oh, a new Snow White? Yeah, I'll probably see it. 
You know, you see the trailer, right. you go, oh, it looks cool. All right, I'll probably see it. Like, um, I don't know. I saw, I forget, a trailer for some movie that I'm not really jazzed about, but I go, eh, I'll probably see it. Right. There you go. It's not that I'm really dying to see it or whatever, but that's still a view, you know? And uh, and that that's my theory where it's like, oh, we made more money off of this. Like, yeah, but that movie was terrible. How many people saw it again? How many people are buying it? Probably not many, and I would bet that most people are like, yeah, that's not very good. I'm sorry that I saw this thing, but they don't care. The money's already spent at that point. Your money's already in their pocket. Right. It's a dumb yeah, theory. Really yeah. Well, it's like Walt said once, I, w- I don't ever want to make a sequel. He's, <laughs> that was like his thing. Yeah. And then he, he went, didn't even really want Magic Kingdom. When he built the Magic Kingdom here on this coast, he felt like that was almost a sequel. So he was... <laughs> In designing it, they, they, he knew he had to do it because you had to have some sort of income over here to to prop up the rest of this Florida project. And so he was that's why we have so much different stuff, because he was mm. like, it can't be the same. I don't want to do it again. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, well, Disney did come out and issue a statement and they said to avoid referencing stereotypes from the original animated film. We are taking a different approach with these seven characters and have been consulting with members of the dwarfism community. The statement read. We look forward to sharing more as the film heads into production after a lengthy development period. Yeah, because they didn't say specifically there will be no little people at all in this movie. You could still, you know, do little people in green screen costumes or whatever. They could still have right. jobs. It doesn't mean that, you know, but yeah, that's that's rough. That's a rough position to be in, man. Yeah, they could. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's really, is it the term dwarfs that they're having a problem with? I, well, I guess it's also their portrayal. Yeah, I think that was part of Peter Dinklage's sort of thing, I think, right? Where in his original comments, it was like, oh, they just kind of seem like weirdos. Maybe if they were, I don't know, rocket scientists? I don't know. I I don't know. Snow White and the seven rocket scientists. (laughs) How do we get her to the moon? (laughs) How about like Snow White and the seven jocks? (laughs) Yeah, and just be clones of you. Yeah, well, you know, they go there instead of going in the mine all day. They're at yeah. the they're at the gym or they're out on the track field, whatever. They come home. She's still got to make them food. It's got to be lean protein. Sure, of course it does. Yeah, protein shakes. She had to clean up after them. Their jock straps are all over the place. They're a mess. They're farting all the time. You got the, the, whole... the protein shake farts. Never good. Never <laughs> no, good. Those aren't good. <laughs> You know, they don't want to have it's it's the whole thing. Snow White. So I think Snow White and the Seven Jocks would. You could do. You could you could put jocks into any movie franchise. You really could. 101 jocks. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prisoner of the Jocks. Jock Poppins. <laughs> yeah. See, now there you yeah. go. That sounds like it might have already been made. What if they just flip it on him and it's the seven dwarves in Snow White and then they go out and see her in her like rundown hut? I don't know. We're never well, looking at white lizard. Yeah, I don't know. Neither of us are ever going to get jobs at Disney like this. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. This is one of those things where I don't really have a dog in the fight. Like, uh, you know, it's big in the dwarfism community, and uh, I still don't even really know the proper term for it. So I'm just like, either way, I'm probably going to see. I don't know. You know what? Probably not. I won't see the movie. I know the story of Snow White, and I don't care. You can put different dialogue in it. It's still the same story. I don't need to see it. I think it'll depend on how, vi- first of all, how v- like it looks visually, because sometimes it can be really cool the way they make them look. Yeah. And if the if the trailer looks good, I mean, the Aladdin trailer looked cringeworthy. I knew right then that I didn't want to see it. And did you, you see know? it? And 
uh, while I watched maybe the first 20 minutes of okay. it. And I was like, this is not good. And I'm not going to waste any more of my time <laughs> on this. I'm out. Good Lord. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. Peter Dinklage causing a kerfuffle. Yeah, well, there's, you know what it is? There's a dialogue going on, and uh, I think maybe we should listen. That's right. Well, speaking of dialogue, Jeremy, uh, you have Netflix? You're a Netflix guy? I do have Netflix. And have you seen any of the uh, the Marvel television shows that were on, no. like um, Luke Cage or Jessica Jones or whatever? No, I don't watch new things. I only watch Netflix so that I can watch reruns of Downton Abbey and The Crown. That's it? So, yeah. Well, they have Seinfeld on it now, too. That's a nice <laughs> addition. That's yeah. all I watch. You have this, like, uh, 16,000 titles or whatever, and you watch the same three things. Correct. Right. And well, Netflix hey, is so terrible. Like, it doesn't <laughs> recommend me good stuff based on that. So. <laughs> Well, look, man, that's fair enough. But uh, for fans of the Marvel TV series, uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, The Punisher, Iron Fist, and The Defenders, those are all going away from Netflix. Now, I've seen all of those except The Defenders. I don't think I watched The Defenders because I, I, I don't know. I think at that point I just didn't really, I don't know, care, I guess. I have a hard time caring when they hear individual things and then what we're going to do is uh mash them up and see how they work i don't know anyway maybe i've seen it maybe i don't i don't know it's been a it's been a couple years uh, but that is ending because the rights of those tv shows are reverting back to disney they're going to be available on netflix only until march 1st disney is keeping mum about its distribution plans for the series they are expected to be announcing the show's new streaming home very soon but there's a lot of going on in the industry about where are these gonna live uh they're all well what are the options well there's either disney plus or or hulu hulu okay because they're sort of i mean they're they're very violent they're not done in sort of the the marvel cinematic universe the way that uh, the shows are are on um you know disney plus right um they're darker they're a little more adult drama kind of thing it's hard to say adult when you're talking about people with like superpowers or but the punisher um you know about a rogue cop who goes vigilante and is this whole thing that was very violent and that got a lot of people talking about the punisher and if it's right for tv and now in you know right for disney and it's just this weird vibe because uh, he's very angry um i don't know if that's that could really live on disney plus but we'll talk about it i'll mention it briefly they're doing a, a tv series on the marvel character moon knight which is supposed to be disney's first real foray into kind of dark violent series you know he's a very uh he's a very violent character so we'll see what happens nobody really knows it could live on um like i said on hulu because that does have a little bit more uh you know kind of the darker side of marvel tv um living over there and uh but eh, you know i don't know anyway it's up in the air but if you're if you're a fan of these shows or if you haven't seen them at all and uh you want to catch up on them check them out on netflix before they they split because like i said there's no place announced where they're going to go and then of course there's no timeline for that transition to happen either they're just gonna be gone from netflix who knows how long it'll take but i think i read daredevil is coming back um daredevil was a cool series i'm hoping that they bring the other characters back i really like them i thought jessica jones was a good show uh luke cage was great iron fist was okay but you know 
I hope they bring everything back. It was uh, it was pretty good. Well, they ought to put it on Hulu. Hulu is really lacking for some content. They lost Seinfeld recently. I feel like there's not that much compelling on Hulu right now. Yeah, we watch some stuff on Hulu. I forget what it is because it's uh, all designing all, women. <laughs> all the streaming sites sort of just blend together to me. Like once you get in their interface and you watch a thing, I don't remember. Oh, it's on this one. Okay, got it. Okay, and then I gotta go. You know, figure mm-hmm. out which one it is. I, I'm just. I'm really. I don't have a head for that kind of stuff. I just forget about branding and just where do I find this TV show? Right. I forget. Um, And then, of course, if you've seen Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, Daredevil, the character, made his uh, MCU debut in that movie, which uh, I believe is the most recent one. So uh, if you saw Blind Lawyer kicking butt, that was uh, our Netflix MCU guy. Okay. 21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. This refreshing year-round release, Tropical IPA, is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with a Zaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Die IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. Well, they must have thought they were at a trashy mall because they started a topless brawl back in October. (laughs) What is it? You sound like you're introducing clips on America's Funniest Videos. Rhyming is my new thing. I think I've taken it from my Santa paycheck. Okay. Rhyming scheme. Yes, there you go. You haven't. It hasn't left you. I like, I like the de- way the delivery is. Right In fact, um, I'm even doing it at work. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your coworkers love it. When my boss is leaving the area, he's, he's been promoted. He's moving to a new area, oh. and so we sent. We did like a virtual card. You know, like oh, thanks for being on the team. Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And nice. everyone was like, send him a nice message. And I'm like, what am I going to send? Like, I'm not that emotional or like whatever. And I do like him. I don't but, care about people or things at all, really. I just don't know what to say. Yeah. So I just wrote a, a rhyming poem that's just like Dear Santa Paycheck, you know, but making fun of him for the last four <laughs> years. Uh, so yeah, it's just I can't stop rhyming. Yeah. Just like a clock can never stop chiming. Uh, well, it can't. Back, it does stop. It stops, you know, 59 <laughs> minutes at a time. Back in October, <laughs> two women, aged 29 and 31, were on vacation at Disney World with their families and found themselves enjoying an evening at Disney Springs. Favorite location of mine as well. After a dinner and some drinks, probably a few too many drinks, they started to take a turn for the worse or for the weird their phone died and they had no way to return to their hotel that was off disney property disney security stepped in to call an uber for them but upon arrival the uber driver refused the fare believing they were too drunk and he was right more on why that is a little later Uh, they opted to wait for a taxi but the wheels fall off excuse me the wheels fell off their evening before a ride would ever come By now, the evening was approaching 1 a.m., nearly two hours after Disney Springs closes, and the women, while waiting in line for the taxi, began to argue. Oh, good. Disney security. 
it's always good that's always a good time yeah it's getting this is this is real good stuff disney security officers who witnessed the scuffle recounted that the two females were screaming at each other with one seated and the other standing over the other after security attempted to calm the situation one female slapped the other in the face at that point they both began punching slapping and pulling each other's hair at this point, Disney security physically pulled the two drunk guests apart, but once they were separated, they ran at each other. In the process, <laughs> slipping in the younger guests' own vomit pool, oh. causing them to then both fall in the bushes while still fighting. Wow. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to read this story every time I am hungover and feeling bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is every Sunday. Yeah. The younger then escaped the fighting to run several feet away where she removed her dress, exposing her naked breasts. Uh, and then the punching once again resumed. Oh, OK. Well, you don't want to get that, it dirty. You know, it's probably a really nice dress. Right. Meanwhile, I do. I have to add in this, the, the Uber driver. God bless him. He was absolutely right. He didn't want to take these two home. And he's right because they ended up puking. Imagine being the super driver and then reading this in the, the paper the next day. You'd be like, whoa, Keanu Reeves Matrix style dodging this one. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so breasts are out, punching again. At that point, Disney security and other cast members were able to separate the two physically again until off-duty deputies were able to arrive on the scene. I don't know why they were off-duty. Uh, when deputies attempted to question the younger sister, they reported that the only thing she wanted to talk about was her dislike of her sister's boyfriend. <laughs> That's <laughs> all I wanted to say. But yo, she had to hit me, and then we had, I got naked. You just hear that conversation. You no, no, oh my no, God, I, just, so. I just wanted to say I didn't really like him. That's all. That's all. But then suddenly there were two of her. And now I sound like Bill Cosby. And then they beat the two of them. <laughs> okay. They were arrested for domestic violence, battery, and disorderly intoxication, which I didn't know was a charge, but apparently it is. But Especially these in are Florida. All, I, feel like, I feel like that shouldn't be a charge in Florida. I mean, that's... <laughs> no, it's, a, it's actually what we call a way of life. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, how you get your driver's license in Florida. Mm-hmm. But these are all misdemeanor crimes. You see, mm-hmm. neither party chose to press charges against the other, which I think makes sense because they are siblings. The following month, the state's attorney's office declined to pursue any further charges. Uh, I think probably because they were home, you know, back out of state and it's like enough was enough. They were yeah. clearly really drunk. Um, so that was that. That's the end of the story. They came, they saw, they threw a few punches, puked, topless. <laughs> Left. And no one bothered to uh, charge file any charges against them huh so so and that's so that's the other thing because there were no criminal charges and misdemeanors we yeah. don't know who they are oh bummer i know it stinks wow well let that be a lesson if you ever get in a fight like this or ever have a thing where it's like you know in hindsight when you're sobering up in the car ride to the cop station or whatever you're like okay i am not gonna press charges because i don't want this to get out that i was rolling in my own vomit right yeah Exactly. Well, and I mean, you do run the risk. The state, the state could still have pressed charges against them, but I guess it was just not worth the court's time. Oh yeah. This, you know, it's not like any damage, physical damage was on anybody else. So what about the bushes? I'm sure if they had damaged property or another person or a cast member, they would probably have sure 
you know. Throw the book at them. Throw the book at them. Which book? I don't know. Anyone. Well, speaking of things coming back, I don't know. Soarin' Over California is returning once again to Disney California Adventure for the Food and Wine Festival. I remember once upon a time when uh, Soarin' Over California existed, and then it was going away permanently, never to return. And then suddenly it came back, and then it went away again. For the, It was a limited time, and it never happened. And then suddenly it's it's back again. So I feel like this is going to be a reoccurring thing. <laughs> To just bring yeah. back an old ride over and over again because it's far superior than the ride that's in there currently. I mean, I think that's fine. I think it should it should change. They should change it up. It can't be a big deal to change that over, is it? I mean, maybe you got to redo the smells. I mean, yeah. Well, first of all, the smell tizers never really worked for me. Anyway, it's sort of like, eh, okay, whatever. But I guess just like when you when the 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 programming of the of the chairs, you know, when they go up and down, you know, in relation to yeah. the the video, right, as you're flying. But that's probably a literal program, right? Like, don't you just swap discs. out the disc? Yeah, right. Swap disc, swap the the digital projector, and then you have a new ride. And I do like that, and I think that that they should do that more often with other rides. I mean, you could easily do that with you know, I don't know, Toy Story, Midway Mania, or something like that. Sure, it could be anything fun. that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could do it with World of Color. Well, I think they do. They do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Uh, so if you if you have been missing soaring over California, you're in for a treat as the Disney Re- Disneyland Resort is bringing the classic version of the ride back for a limited time. Of course, as part of the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival, which runs from March 4th through April 26th. However, Disney has not confirmed an end date for Soarin' Over California. So I guess it, the hope is that it runs longer than April 26th, but it's probably just going to be that, you know, that moment. So how, how come your food and wine festivals don't ask, don't last like nine months? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Like six weeks in and out, you guys do it. We our our food and wine festival for spring was from March 1st. To like July third. <laughs> what is that about? You have a bigger tourist pool, I guess. I guess so. I also think it's an admission that there's nothing else to do at Epcot besides eat and get drunk. Well, yeah. I mean, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. Um, hang on a sec, Jared. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come Ooh. right back here with more news on ears up in depth. Hang on, just a sec. I mean, uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Back to the newsroom on In-Depth. All right, Jerry, what's up? What's news next? Newsroom on In-Depth. It's the newsroom. Our collective offices. That's it. I've done my two stories. You've done your two stories. All right, Jeremy. Hit me with another one. you got another one in your back pocket. I can feel it. I really do. It's no secret, of course, that prices are high at the Disney resorts. Depending on who you ask, those prices might be justified or at least explained away as Disney giving its customers more for their dollar, meaning prices go up, more experiences and rides come into the parks, and then prices go up again. Not to mention prices inside the parks, not just for tickets. Things like food, merchandise, and drinks have all seen price increases over the years with no real improvement, and in fact, some people have noticed a decrease in quality and portion sizes of foods. There was a time when companies just improved their products, Jeremy, without increasing prices. But 
Maybe that's the Mandela effect happening in my brain. Who knows? Back on February 9th, the Walt Disney Company held their Q4 earnings call to wrap up 2021. And on that call, CEO Bob Chapek said, well, he said a lot. But with regards to Disney Plus specifically, he had this to say. Quote, the remainder of this fiscal year will feature compelling Disney Plus originals from across our brands and franchises, beginning with Pixar's Turning Red and Marvel Studios' is, is Moon Knight in March. And the back half of fiscal year 22 will feature a truly stunning array of content, including two Star Wars series and or and the highly anticipated Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I'm excited to announce, will premiere on May 25th. We'll debut two Marvel series, Miss Marvel and She-Hulk, fresh new shorts from Disney Animation and Pixar featuring the worlds of Big Hero 6 and Cars, a live-action reimagining of the Disney classic Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto, and one of the most anticipated sequels in some time, especially in the JPEG household, Hocus Pocus 2. So we have the setup here. Hey, folks, new content coming at you. And then we also got the punchline. Sorry, folks. Prices are going to go up. The moose outside should have told you. Later in the call, Chapek says this, quote, By 2023, we want to get to a steady state, which is even higher than we have right now. And I think that will give us the impetus to increase that price-value relationship even higher and then have the flexibility, if we were to so choose, to then look at price increases on our service, Chapek said. Also, quote, we maintain that we offer an extraordinary price-value relationship around the world for Disney+. Plus. In all fairness, our own recognition that we needed to essentially double our production output. You put those two things together, and we certainly have less content than we want. But as we've said over the last few earnings calls, that will rectify itself in the second half of this year. So, sure sounds like Disney Plus prices are going to go up next year. I mean, he did say if we were to so choose, but let's be honest. When was the last time Disney chose to leave money in your pockets, right? Oh, right. One would think that eventually customers would tire of the price increases. The one, two little goalpost moves the Disney company likes to make in order to raise their profits, but you'd be mistaken. At a separate point in the same earnings call, it was mentioned that the increase in parks attendance accounted for one-third of Disney's $22 billion in total sales. The theme park segment swung to a $2.45 billion profit, up from a $119 million loss in the year-ago period. Parks, uh, the increase in park attendance accounted for a third, so all those ticket prices, all that stuff in the parks, a third of their total sales coming from yeah. the parks. In an interview with CNBC prior to the earnings call, Chapek indicated that the cheapest days have stayed the same price for three years at both the Walt Disney World and Disneyland, offering those on a budget an opportunity to visit the parks. He also said that there were a range of upgrade options, pointing specifically to Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes. The cost of a regular or Tier 1 ticket to one of Disney parks hasn't changed. It's $104 will get you into one park for one day. But, of course, the prices for Tier 2 through tier six went up to 119 through $164. During the call, when directly discussing the theme parks, Chapek said that, quote, the domestic parks and resorts achieved all-time revenue and operating income record despite the Omicron surge. All-time revenue record. He said that this stellar performance was achieved at lower attendance levels than 2019, which was due to carefully managing demand 
via the ticket and reservation systems. So less people coming in, charge them more, we make more money. I I don't know. Uh, well, don't there's know a lot there. There's a lot to uh, unpack, as they say, which is a a, sta- a phrase I hate. Yeah. By the way. Uh, well, here let's uh, yeah, let's not. finish unpacking. We have one box left. Oh, you have more? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, oh, quote: Lord. Per capita spending in our domestic parks was up more than forty percent versus fiscal first quarter of 2019, which was driven by a more favorable guest and ticket mix, <laughs> which means less people higher prices for tickets and so you're uh, somehow you're going to come in and spend more anyway domestic spending was up 40 percent driven by favorable guest and ticket mix higher food beverage and merchandise spending and contributions from genie plus and lightning lane putting these factors together our domestic parks and resorts delivered q1 revenue and operating income exceeding pre-pandemic levels even as we continued managing attendance to responsibly address ongoing COVID considerations, which I find that paragraph sort of insane. Less people, you charge them more, and those people are going to come in and spend more money than they did beforehand. I just, I'm having, and I maybe it's because I only see one set of parks, but I don't see where there's less people in these parks. Less people it's, than, I guess, 2019. I don't know. Still don't feel that. I mean, uh, it's insane the way these par- these parks feel. I'm wondering if Disneyland is bringing the average down because aren't you? Isn't Maybe. California still under some stricter? I don't honestly know. I think I, I want to say Disneyland is still at ninety percent. I haven't seen anything that they're at full capacity, but I don't. I don't honestly know. Oh, I haven't 90%. seen either percent. I know. Oh, I, I didn't even realize. I thought they you guys were still operating at like fifteen percent or something. No, no, no. We have, hasn't been that way for I think a year. Here it feels like yeah. they've flung the doors open, thrown out the welcome mat, and and everyone's there. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. Uh, he also said that in the quarter, more than a third of domestic park guests purchased either Genie Plus, Lightning Lane, or both, and that number rose to more than fifty percent during the holiday period which is surprising to me. A third of domestic parks at the at uh, Q4 of last year, a third of people purchased Genie Plus, Lightning Lane, or both, and then over 50% did it during the holidays. Because you go on the internet and you look up how people are reacting to you know Genie Plus and Lightning Lane and whatever, and you see, um, of course, the Disney News uh, blog sphere going off about how people are up in arms and the comment section, one Disney guest hates this thing. Whatever. The internet is full of people campaigning for Chapek to be removed and that he's ruining the parks and Disney will never be the same. It will never recover. And yet more people than ever are clamoring to hand him more money than ever. So if you really want to show Disney that you're tired of these price increases, don't fill out a form online. Cancel your streaming service, ditch the parks, and convince people to do the same. Meanwhile, the Disney company will get back to business, looking for ways to charge you for things that used to be free. And this is a big thing. They did not expect even a third of people to pay for these lightning lanes. It, it surprised even them how many people bought this. And they and there's no sign that most people are disinterested in this, right? We just talked to Bev. She went to Disneyland and used lightning lanes for the first time. Cost her 12 bucks each to skip the line for Radiator Springs. She goes, yeah, I would do it again, depending on the weight. 
That's an extra $12. Well, I just wouldn't go on. Same. Exactly right. But that's an extra $12 that Disney now is guaranteed to get from this person when she goes back in two months per person right. in her party. So what else is Disney going to be charging for? You know they're looking for this stuff. There's more people coming in. They're spending more money than they did pre-pandemic. It's just, it's terrible. So, I think, I think that there is a, I think that they go hand, I think it goes hand in hand with the amount of crowds there is. The, the, and maybe, maybe on the most crowded days, it's not as crowded as it was, but there's no low crowd days. You go to, you go to over to Magic Kingdom on a, on a rainy Wednesday in January. Normally in any other year, you would have had the run of the place. Not now. Right. Wall to wall people. It's raining out like they're not not going. And I think what it is, is you do have two years of pent up, pent up demand. I know I know a lot of people who canceled a trip can't, or postponed, postponed, postponed as the pandemic wore on, postponed, postponed. Now, it's, and I think there's a lot of people who as soon as it now is reasonable to go, they're here. I've had yes. family in town. I have people coming in town more frequently than ever because everybody's been waiting so i do think that they're probably seeing some sort of post pandemic surge but what of i course, wonder yes. is the level of service is not what it was the experiences aren't there you and you i think you do have to pay in order to enjoy it so i think people are forking it down cuz they haven't been in 2 years and they don't want to miss a moment so they're like you know what let's just do it let's just pay for it but when they come when they look at the end of their trip and they say we were here. It's more crowded than it's ever been. It costs us more to get on these rides. We went two years without going. Maybe it'll be another two years before they come back because I just don't think that people could be possibly be having the same amount of fun as they were. You're probably right. Um, nostalgia is a fickle thing, though. You know, it, it sort of clouds our judgment. This is uh, so. I think, and Disney has learned over the years, how to capitalize on that. And so as you, it's what they say about, you know, having multiple kids, right? You have a kid, it sucks for the first few years. It's hard, it's challenging. But then when they, you know, hit four and you can talk to them and there's a whole thing, rapport and they have a personality, you forget how hard sleepless nights were and how hard sleep training was and how hard this was and how much trouble you had with this and just whatever, right? Raising a child. Let's have another one. You forget. You forget the pain points. And I think that's the way it is with, with Disneyland or Disney World, but especially maybe more Disney World for people who go once a year or whatever. They go, they have a fun time, and they go, oh my God, we're broke now. And then two months later, they're like, wow, let's start saving it up again. Let's start doing this, you know, let's start doing this again. Yes, that could be. But there were also those people, and I've talked to them, and it used to be me too, you, would, you couldn't leave without planning your next trip. Like it was like, oh no, this is coming to an end. We've got to have another one on the books. I can't leave here without knowing I'm coming back. Mm. I don't know that people still feel that way. And if, again, it may it may be that they get home and they forget it, and then they they do book again. But I don't know that the urgency is is is, is what it was when you're when you're just yeah through these. People. Well, I th I think the the test will be what happens this year. And next year, because I do think you're right. The pent up uh, demand from the pandemic and the shutdown and all that kind of stuff is 
does have something to do with this sort of surge, I guess, in yeah. spending. You know, a lot more people are working from home. We're saving a bunch more money because Taryn and I both work from home now. So it's like we do have a little bit more free income. So we can go out and do stuff. And, you know, well, hey, go to Disneyland, do this thing. Let's do a big trip, right? I do think there's a lot of that. But there are also a lot of people that are spinning up their trips more and more. I mean, Bev is going like three times this year. She's just going. And there's, I think, so mm. I, it, it's it's a mix. And like with anything, you get a general, you get a big, uh, you know, population density doing a thing. There's going to be different factors, right? Representing yeah. why people are doing a thing. So there's never going to be like one specific answer. Um, but we'll see. I mean, if this is happening at the end of Q4 22, end of Q4 23, uh, then I think it's a, a, a trend. But now it is sort of like, well, God, we've been planning, like you said, we've been planning this trip since 2000, you know, for, for 2020. Now I just don't care. We're just going to do it. Everything's fine. Or we're all, you know, triple vaxxed and boosted. We're ready to go. Let's finally hit the books and let's do this Disney thing. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. There's also a thing now people are starting to run up against where certain levels of airfare, you're starting to have to now book book and use that travel or you're losing it. Uh, so I think that there could also be because like my mom's coming this weekend. She had to come this weekend or well, she's losing the ticket. So I do oh, th- I think that that's like there's probably that factor along mm-hmm. there, too. I just think there's a lot of different things. But I think that it will probably last for another 18 months. I don't think this is mm. going away anytime soon. Interesting. So, you know, when I was saying that the single day ticket for Disneyland hasn't changed, it's $104. There is, so about halfway through June, the calendar on their Disney website, the calendar stops updating. It's like June 14th is the last day that you can do. Okay. Um, So between now and June 14th, there's maybe 10 days that you can pay for a $104 ticket. Right. It's it's, it's not happening. No, you have four days in May. They're Monday, Tuesdays. You have no days in April at all, which is probably spring break. So that's probably why. And in March, you have one, two, three, four days that you can pay $104 in March. And that's it. There's no more in this month. And so it's like, it, it's sort of a scam, honestly. If you want one park, one day, whatever, you, you can't pay $104. I mean, you can. You have four opportunities in 31 days to do that. Everything right. else is 159 to one, uh, um, 119 to 164 consistently. So, you know, it's, it's very convenient. Oh, our lowest price is this, which beats out universal. Okay. But I can't pay it because I'm, I can't go that, that one day. Well, sorry. Now you have to pay 134, which is much more than universal. I don't know. Cause people like to use yeah, universal. You also get so much more at universal. You can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's a different experience. Well, definitely your universal. For sure. Our universal like- is weird. Have you been to our universal? No, it's weird. It's, it's it, they're, I will say they're doing a lot to it right now. So it's sort of hard to enjoy when we went. Um, but I, you know, I, looking back on the time we went, um, it's a few years ago. Like I literally saw the skin of a dinosaur hanging off a leg <sighs> and the other one was literally zip tied it's just it was bad yeah. i mean you talk about bad show like it was just terrible and it really was it was hard to do like a full day there but you know you get a different experience and i just oh, I, I and i only mention universal because it's the, the second closest um 
you know, uh, comparison and people like to prop up the universal tickets versus Disneyland tickets and what yeah. you get for it. So that's the other side of it is you do get a lot for your money at Disneyland. There's a lot to do, but I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's like market correction or whatever, where the value of the ticket is now meeting the value of the entertainment that you're getting. But I also don't buy that, especially when they're making record profits. I don't know. The whole thing's weird, man. Would you pay more for Disney Plus? That's the piece we haven't discussed. Would I pay more? No, I won't. I won't. I wouldn't pay more for Disney Plus because there's not a whole lot on it now, anyways. And I understand all these like new shows are going to come on, and that's cool. Great. I'm glad they're doing content. But what happened to just using our profits to then maintain the <laughs> to then maintain the the content? I don't understand why you have to. Oh well, we're we're doing new shows. So we're going to charge you more because those shows cost money. Well, you're making, you have 130 million subscribers on this stupid thing. What, what about that? What about those? Pro- you can't use those profits to make these other TV shows. You have to charge me more. <laughs> so it's like I'm paying more a month for the new shows because I've seen all the other stuff that I want to see. It doesn't, right. I don't like it. That That's the thing. So no, I don't, I don't get a value out of it. Like that. Yeah, it's the expectation almost should be that there's constantly new stuff because I can't reconsume the same stuff over and over if unless I'm Jeremy, in which case you just watch <laughs> Downton Abbey over and over and over again. Well, it's I mean it's it's an interesting pricing setup for streaming, is because it, we've never seen anything like this in cable before. You know? Like uh your cable bill doesn't necessarily go up because there's a new show on ABC or <laughs> TNT. You know what I mean? It's not like Comcast doesn't call up and go, well, look, I see that um, CBS have added four new shows, so we're going to charge you another 50 cents. Oh, but you better hope that uh, FX doesn't add anything else, too, because it might be pushed to the dollar tier, but we can work with you on it. It doesn't happen. It never happens because they get ad revenue and they spend it back into creating their shows, so you keep going. But Disney Plus it sounds like they're not really interested in doing that. They they think that, well, we have, this is the base price, this is the entry level, and anything above it, we now have the right to charge you more for. Yeah, I guess, I suppose. I don't know. That's the way I read it. And so we'll see. I mean, you know, he said that yeah. uh, if we choose to do so, we will charge you more, but probably not till next year. I think it'll depend on how their subscriptions are. Like, they, it's so like, it, if we're forced to do so, I think it's more like it, and how their subscriptions are going i agree i would think that as people emerge into the world this having disney plus is going to be less important uh i yeah i would think so too and to be honest with you i use a lot of uh the espn plus version of that now because there's like the world cup and there's a a bunch of soccer tournaments on that espn plus does cover and that's great but when soccer season's over and i've seen all the things on disney plus i want to see we'll probably just drop back down to hulu because i don't care yeah. You know what I mean? I'm thinking of getting rid of Hulu. I, like, how many episodes of Designing Women and uh, <laughs> Old Will and Grace can I watch? Have, do, have you watched The Golden Palace? No. Well, uh, yeah, I did, you know, okay. in the 90s. Oh, you did? Okay. It was terrible. Was it? Because, I mean, it sort of seems samey. We've only watched like two episodes. Don Cheadle is in it. I didn't know that. <laughs> it Cheech, was Mar- Cheech Marin is in it. Didn't Cheech know that. Marin. That yeah. boy is terrible. There's a little boy in it. And it's like, God, I little kids, kids under 12 in movies and TV shows are just inherently evil and terrible. I don't like it. Right. Well, they're supposed to add a cute element. Yeah. And it it works. It works. I was working with this guy 
um, years ago through my friend um, working on a, a script. We were trying to get a script made, and he wrote. Uh, he was like a semi-successful like Hollywood guy, and um, we wanted like my friend was like, ah, we got to take this kid out of the script. He was like, kids are box office gold. You can't you can't just take a child out of a script. You have to like it. People will if a movie has a kid, you're going to get more of a bump at the box office. Isn't that fascinating? I yeah. would think. I mean, I, I guess I'm in just such a minority. If I see a child, I run and screaming in the other direction. <laughs> same, same. It's a very few, <laughs> very few children that uh, can pull that off, which is hard. I mean, acting is, you know, it's easy, but not for kids. Yeah, like that guy who was in the Star, the Star Wars Ga- Galactic Star Punch Cruiser it. commercial. Punch it. He's the problem. You know what I realized? He's been playing a kid for too long. Like he's 21. He's been on the show for 10 years. So it was mm. like, that's the only way he knows how to act is like a cute little kid. So, but he's getting old for that. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. Oh my God. I didn't know what happened. I was, I was, I was, you met Gaia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cool. That's great. I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm sure uh, sure he's well off. Yeah, he's doing fine. He doesn't care whether I like him or not. Can you imagine? He's cash and checks. <laughs> he writes in, uh, look, guys, I just want to say that it makes me upset that you don't like me. What is it about me that you don't like? Yeah, I heard that you don't like me, and I was like, wow, you don't like me. I buried myself in a bowl of cereal. I don't know what that means. All right, we're going to get out of here, Jeremy, all right? Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate it. If you want to support the show, Etsy.com slash shop slash coveyers. Buy some merch. Patreon.com slash ears up. Join up. Sign up Patreon. Uh, We have a Discord, and you get Etsy shop discounts, by the way, if you're a Patreon supplier or uh, Patreon supporter. You want to supply us with Patreon? That's fine, too. I don't know what that means. Uh, and a whole bunch of backlog catalogs of shows and all that kind of fun stuff. So if you can't get enough of us over there, uh, I don't know what to do. Move in with Jeremy. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. And uh, we'll see you later. Yeah.